to it. Thank you, Benji. Come on now. That's the man right there. I tell people a lot about you down there, and they don't, they're like, the ones who've been around, they're like, Benji, what? It's your about, they don't know. Uh, they don't know. We still, I, I still have uh, um, the Benji Cortez prayer tape, amen? It's before iPods, before CDs, before, he had the eight tracks, amen? Uh, I'll tell you one thing, that prayer seating is the bomb. It's the bomb. Still got that thing. Give him glory. I still, I still bump it, dude. I really do. I still bump it. I got give him glory. I'm like singing. I feel, you know what's a trip whenever you have, you ever have that certain song that you sing that you feel like you, you're singing like that guy? <laughs> and nobody could tell you different? If you sing it on your own, people go, hey, brother, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> but when you put the tape on, I feel like I, feel like I sing like Benji. Amen. <laughs> the great thing is. Benji's here. Praise the Lord. Amen. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 7. When you have it, say, mm-hmm. Oh, come on. You guys got to talk back to me here. I want some talk back here. When you have Proverbs chapter 13, verse 7, give me some mm-hmm. I like that right there. That's that Kojic. Bishop Macklin right there. Now, I know here tonight. Coming in, and, and basically, you know, a lot of times when you come to church, you come to listen to a man preach. Well, actually, we've come, and prayerfully, to listen to the voice of God. So I want to be able for us to interact here this evening and be able to talk. So can I hear an amen? amen? Can I hear a praise the Lord? Praise can I hear a thank you, Jesus? Jesus? Now, with all the soul that you've got in your body, whether you're black or not, give me a mm-hmm. We got somebody may have to grab the handkerchief and go, mm, well, 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 well. You gotta get a little bit of something. Amen. I like that. Can we have some fun in church? Is that all right? Guys, have some. I'm gonna better get used to jumping and dancing in heaven. Amen. Amen. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 7. It says, One man pretends to be rich, yet has nothing. Another pretends to be poor, yet has great. Wealth. I'm not actually going to be talking to you about finances, but if that ministered to you in finances, then praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, I give you all the glory, honor, and praise. I pray that he that has an ear, let him hear. Let your power, let your power, your anointing, break everything that needs to be broken and build everything that needs to be built. Father, remove me. Place your Holy Spirit behind this pulpit. Lord God, let faith arise and let our enemies be scattered. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. And all together we said, Amen. we all said, Amen. before you're seated, shake your neighbor's hand and ask them, who's your wife? Then you may be seated. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about in just a little bit. It's not an average question you ask people every day. Preferably by the end of this message, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. One pretends to be rich, ain't got nothing. Another pretends to have nothing and has everything. Yeah, now, have you ever seen people or met people before that they're just, you could tell right off the bat, they're just pretenders? Can I hear an amen? 
And that, that was one of those that you had to go up, right? Had to give me one of those. You just, I mean, you got those pretenders. Today I was at, I went to go pick up my, uh, my sister at, at a school that I used to attend, Fremont Christian School. And so a lot of memories came to my, uh, uh, you know, attention while I was there. And I was beginning to think about a bunch of uh, guys and girls that I went to school with. And I remember this guy. It was like never, ever, I mean, I can't forget this guy because every, just about every day or every other day, every week, he would come to school. And I remember being there in third grade, and he would come to school, and he would show everybody what he's got. I, I just want everybody to know. Third grade, right? So you got to think of an eight-year-old. Okay, I just want everybody to know, these shoes, these shoes are worth more than your whole outfit. I just want you to know that. I just want you to know that. Like, did I even ask? No, we didn't ask, but I just want you to know that. I just want you to know. This shirt right here, I just want everybody to know, this shirt Probably costs more than your mom's car, but I just want you to know that. just want you to know that. Eight years old, and I'm, you think I'm joking. I'm really not joking. This is how, and we're like, dude, this, this guy, this kid, this eight-year-old, my gosh. And this guy was always putting up a front. You know people like that? They're just always putting up a front. And the Bible talks about it very clear, not just here in this scripture, but many of scriptures that pretty much we can, I, I, I think of a song when I was growing up, pretty much says, there ain't no future in your front. I don't know if you remember that song, but I just remember. You can have all this stuff, oh, you got this, oh, you get that, but my friend, there's no future in that. The Bible says it very clear, man, you can look like you have everything on the outside, but on the inside, you don't have anything. But my friend, it's the ones who don't even show that they have, man, I don't have this, I don't have that. But guess what? You've got everything that you need if you've got Jesus. See, if you've got Jesus, you've got all that you need. You may not have the biggest house on the block. Hello, somebody. You may not be driving the fanciest car, but my friend, you don't need the fanciest car. You don't need the biggest house. All you need is the biggest God. And if you've got the biggest God, then you've got it. I'm going to need a little bit of help right now. Then you have got everything. Can I hear an Amen. So when people see you as a Christian and you walk in and you look like you've got everything, even though you know you don't, and people go, man, look at you. No, I don't look like I have everything. I actually do have everything. What? Yeah, I've got God. I've got everything. See, take pride in your lowly position, as the Bible says. We're going to be talking about that. But, my friend, you've got to know something. If you've got God, you've got everything. Can I hear an Amen. See, a lot of times there will be a lot of people that they begin to pretend like they've got everything. They look like they've got everything. So basically, those people, you could just look at them and call them, let's just flat out call them what they are. They're idiots. They look like they've got, man, dude, you ever seen this guy? You really, man, this guy's an idiot. One thing I've learned, man, never argue with an idiot. Never argue with an idiot. Don't do that. Because they will beat you with all their experience. Don't do it. It's not going to work. You're going to lose. They'll take you right down to their level of nothing. They look like they've got everything. They talk like they've got everything. You know, they talk big, but they think small. You know those? They're pretenders. See, that's one thing that you got to know as a Christian is that as long as you've got God, you've got everything. You've got everything. Now you say, well, what is everything? Let's look at that right now. Look at your neighbor and say, what is everything? Turn with me to James chapter 1, verse 9. 
We're going to look at these, these portions of scriptures here in Proverbs and also in James. And here on this Wednesdays, you know, we're driving up here, talking with my mom. I said, man, we'll call it wow, you know, because I guess the theme for the month is wisdom, right? So wow, wisdom on Wednesdays. Come every Wednesday, you're going to get some wisdom, amen? So when you walk in those doors, get ready to be wowed. You are going to be wowed every Wednesday. And then when the theme is on evangelism, then it's going to be witness on Wednesdays. Amen. Always be wowed every Wednesday. James chapter 1 verse 9. It says, the brother in humble circumstances ought to take pride in his high position. Now, as we look at these portions of scriptures here in verse 9, we're also going to look at verse 10 and 11 and 12. We begin to see something that doesn't really make sense and the natural. But see, one thing you've got to learn that in the kingdom of God, everything is opposite. Everything is the opposite in the kingdom of God. And if you've been Christian long enough, you, uh, you, you know that being a Christian, it's the opposite. You want to be first? Be last. You want to go to the top? Go to the bottom. You want to be the greatest? Learn to be the least. Like, wait, wait, this doesn't make any sense. Well, that's true because God's ways is not our ways. God's thinking is not our thinking. God's thoughts, they're not our thoughts. See, it's the opposite. So right away we think that, man, I don't have all the great riches that I see on TV. Well, my friend, you don't need all the great riches that you see on TV. That's not what is needed. God gives you exactly what you need. And you ought to take pride in the position that God has for you. See, the position has to do with the inward. Has nothing to do with the outward. Has to do with the inward. See, the richness in being humble. See, in other words, let those who take a low position take pride in the fact that a high position waits for them in the kingdom of heaven. In the kingdom of heaven. See, this word rejoice or uh, the word rejoice comes from the root word boast, which in fact knowing that in lowly estate it's only temporary. See, when we, like Paul says, I boast, but I boast in God. So when I boast, that root word from rejoice means to boast. So when we're rejoicing, like we sang right now, rejoice in the Lord, I'm boasting. Yes, I've got God. I'm not singing this song because I've got the greatest clothing line. I'm not singing this song because I've got the best car in the parking lot. I'm not singing this song because I have the best house. No, I'm singing this song and rejoicing because I'm boasting in God. So when I sing and when I dance, man, I'm dancing because I'm dancing for what God has done in my life. That's why when you see the men and women that are up here sometimes, you know, uh, especially within American culture, we don't like to get crazy, right? Filipinos love to get crazy a lot of times. They just love to dance. They love to do their thing. But a lot of times, in, you know, in, in American culture, you'll see certain people do things out of the ordinary. And so right away, as you know, it's an American thing, really. Something outside the ordinary, oh, that's not right. That's no, 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 no. And so it's automatic, it's our human nature, something's wrong with them. Something's not right. Or they, you know, especially, you know, when they have too much money, oh, that's not of God. You know, it's our human nature. I'm going to kind of expose things a little bit here. Human nature, boom, you know. And we were, that's what we were talking about last night. Because when you see certain things, oh, this guy is rich and, oh, that, that, that's not of God. Actually, why isn't it of God? That doesn't make any sense. You can be rich. And still be a Christian, still love God, because that's what the Bible says. The Bible talks about it. Because, you know, for the love of money is the roots of all kinds of evil. It's not money that's evil. We make it evil. We're perverted. Man is perverted. 
We're very, we pervert everything we can touch just about. That's why we need the holiness of God. Can I hear an amen? Sanctification, separation, you got to separate yourself from it. But a lot of times people with money, it grabs them and it, we pervert it. But money is not evil. It's for the love of money. So how much money can you have? As much money as you don't love. The problem is people love money too much. And that's where all the evil comes from. Oh, I got to do this. Oh, I'm going to find a way. Oh, I'm going to do this. Oh, I'm going to do that. Oh, I'm going to, oh, I got to, I have to. Uh, and you find people that they throw their integrity away just for a little bit of money. They throw, they throw their calling away just for a little bit of money. Throw it all away. And God's saying, no, 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 no. It's not about what you have in your hand. It's about what you have in your heart. See, God's looking on the inside. If you're going to boast, boast in Christ. Boast on the Lord on what's on the inside. Look at me in verse 10. It says, but the one who is rich should take pride in his low position because he will pass away like a wildflower. For the sun rises, in verse 11, with scorching heat and withers a plant. Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich man will fade away even while he goes about his business. Verse 12, blessed is a man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. See, the flower in full bloom looks beautiful. The flower, when it has uh, everything that it's supposed to, it looks great. But guess what? It's only temporary. It's only temporary. See, these things have such value that only the world puts a high value on, a high priority on. And so these things are always passing, always passing. You will never ever be satisfied by the wealth of the world. You're never going to be satisfied by the things of the outside. And you're always looking, always looking for the next best thing. Okay, how am I going to do this? How am I going to, okay, I got to feel like that. I, I was watching a, a video the other day and it, it, it tripped me out about how, uh, you know, I don't know if it's just American society or what. You know, traveling the world, you definitely see American society in a whole different light. I'll tell you that, right? They can attest to it, too. It just, it, it changes your perspective. And uh, um, as I was watching this video, there was a guy, he was talking to a Christian, and he was, you know, all, you know, in his ear. It was like, you know, the devil kind of thing. And he was talking in his ear. And it really hit me when, you know, this little angel or devil on the, on, on the side, on the shoulder there, and he started saying, Oh, yeah, you need the latest fashion because all your clothes are going to go out of style tomorrow. You know, it's kind of funny about how we as, you know, Americans, like, how in the world did clothes go out of style so quick? Like, oh, okay, you got to buy the latest clothes because that's, oh, that's so old now. That's old. That's old. So I got to get the latest. I got to I gotta hurry up. I got to buy it now. I got to get it now. Oh, that car, it's, it's old already. It, it's beat up. Uh, well, it still runs great. But still, still, you need another one. You need another one. Got to have another one. Got to have another one. And so we're always getting fed that we need to feed ourselves more, to never be satisfied, to never be satisfied. But see, that's why the Bible says, blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will, not maybe, not could be, not should be. It says they will be filled. They will be filled. See, when you come here to church, let there be a hunger for God. Not for, not listen to me, not for the blessings that God gives you. Not for what God is going to give you because what he gives you is just going to fall right through your hands anyways. 
But to be hungry for God, that when you come here, you say, God, I am not leaving here till I get filled with you. I need more of you because so much of me is just flowing right through me. God, I do not want to be filled with me. God, I want to be filled with you. I want to be filled with your power. I want to be filled with your presence. I want to be filled with who you are, not with me, but only of you. See, this is the, these are the things that you and I should be hungry after, not going after what everyone else is going after. Not keeping up with the Kardashians, forget them. They don't they can't even keep up with themselves. If there's anything we want to keep up with, that is with God. Can I hear an amen? Now I want to tell you a story. It's a parable. And this story, I want you to really think about it and stay with me here for the next few moments. Once upon a time, there was a rich king. And he had four wives. He loved the fourth wife the most and adorned her with rich robes and treated her to the finest of delicacies. He gave her nothing but the best. He also loved the third wife very much and was always showing her off to the neighboring kingdoms. However, he feared that one day she would leave him for another. He also loved his second wife. She was his confidant and was always kind considerate and she was always patient with him whenever the king faced a problem he can confide in her and she would help him get through the difficult times the king's first wife was a very loyal partner and had made great contributions in maintaining his wealth and kingdom however he did not love the first wife although she loved him deeply he hardly took any notice of her one day the king fell ill and he knew his time was short He thought of his luxurious life and wondered, I now have four wives with me, but when I die, I'll be all alone. Then he asked the fourth wife, I have loved you the most, endowed you with the finest clothing, showered and showered great care over you. Now that I'm dying, will you follow me and keep me company? No way, replied the fourth wife. (laughs) She walked away without another word. Her answer cut like a sharp knife right into his heart. The sad king then asked for his third wife. And he told her, I loved you all my life. Now that I'm dying, will you follow me and keep me company? No, replied the third wife. Life is too good. When you die, I'm going to remarry. His heart sank and it turned cold. He then asked the second wife, I have always turned to you for help, and you've always been there for me. When I die, will you follow me and keep me company? I'm sorry. I can't help you out this time, replied the second wife. At the very most, I'll accompany you to your grave. Her answer cut like a bolt of lightning to the king, and he was very devastated. Then a voice called out, I'll leave with you and follow you no matter where you go. The king then looked up. And there was his first wife. She was so skinny as she suffered from malnutrition and neglect. Greatly grieved, the king said, I should have taken much better care of you when I had the chance. In truth, all of us have four wives. Our fourth wife is our body. No matter how much time and effort we lavish it, making it look good or feel good, it's going to leave us when we die. Our third wife 
is our possessions, our status, and our wealth. When we die, it's all going to go to somebody else. Our second wife is our family and our friends. No matter how much they've been there for us, the furthest they can stay with us is all the way up to the grave. And our first wife is our soul, often neglected in pursuit of wealth, power, and pleasures of the world. However, our soul is the only thing that will follow us wherever we go. This is something that you and I must cultivate, strengthen, and cherish now. For it is the only part of us that will follow us to the throne of God and continue with us throughout eternity. Give the Lord a hand of praise if you believe that here tonight. See, the Bible says in Mark chapter 4, verse 19, But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires of other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. See, some of you here tonight, you're probably looking and you're saying, God, I want to do your will. I want to do your work. I want to do what you've called me to do. But my friend, are there certain things that are choking it out? Are there certain things that are choking that first love that should be not neglected but should be uh, cherished? Those things that you know that, man, uh, sometimes it's almost like, man, I, I got to go to work. I can't pray. I, I, I got to handle this. You know, my ties, they can be last if I have them. See, these are all things that sometimes they choke and they make us unfruitful within our lives. And we're wondering and we're all of a sudden at the end of the day, we're saying, God, how come it's not looking like the way that you had promised? And God's saying, you must remember that every promise that I give you also comes from a promise that you must do. Read it. Every promise in the Bible, God says, I'm going to bless you. Oh, man, I'm going to give you this. Oh, you're going to get that. But first, do this. See, that's the things where a lot of people that are even outside the church, they look at the church and they say, well, well God's supposed to do this for you. Yes, he is, but you got to do something first. You know, it doesn't make any sense. Think of it right now. I'm, you know, I'm a skinny guy. I'm a small guy. Right? I'm not that big. I can't imagine if I go to the gym tomorrow and I start working out for one hour, one full hour, like, yes, I'm just hitting the gym. I'm hitting the weights. Yes, I'm going to do this thing. This thing is going to happen. I'm lifting them dumbbells like it's nothing. Like 50 pounds, like, poof, yeah, right, come on, man, let's do this thing. And I'm doing, and I get out of there, and I look at my muscles, and I go, how come you don't look like wills? <laughs> I can't look at my muscles and go, what's wrong with you, man? You should be big like will, man. I say, right. I get all mad and say, man, that's it, I'm quitting. But that's what happens a lot of times as Christians. They come to church. They say, okay, God, I stopped drinking, I stopped cursing, I stopped doing what you told me to do. I stopped it, so give me now. Whoa, 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 hold on one second. All right, that, that's good. I'm, I'm glad you did that, but that's not even what I, you shouldn't have did that in the first place. Shouldn't be doing that. Shouldn't be doing that. Right, I, I think it was uh, Chris Rock, I heard a comedian the other day, it was funny, he was cracking up, but it was true. You know, Chris Rock, he, he says, he was kind of an observation. You ever seen uh, people, it was years ago, back in the 90s, you know, when the, uh, you know, the, the blacks and all there in South Central and the riots, everything were happening and, and, and people were, you know, it was just getting out of hand. But you saw certain people uh, get up on the television, you know, and, and he felt bad. Chris Rock felt bad as a black man. This is what he was saying. As a black man, I feel bad. 
Because, you know, you see people up on the television and they come up and go, well, uh, I'm taking care of my kids. I'm a, I'm a dad who I take care of my kids. And Chris Rock goes, well, you're supposed to take care of your kids. What's wrong with you? Like, that's what you're supposed to do. But you, we're supposed to highlight what you're supposed to be doing? That's what you're supposed to be doing. Well, I read my Bible. Well, that's what you're supposed to be doing. Don't look and say, okay, pastor, highlight me. I, I prayed. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to be doing. Okay, I helped somebody out. Somebody should highlight me. No, that's what you're supposed to be doing. Don't look at God and say, okay, God, hey, I gave somebody $10. You should be giving me 100 That's what you're supposed to be doing. That's what the Bible says. If somebody says walk with you a mile, walk with them another mile. If they want the shirt off your back, then give it to them. That's what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be taking care of your first wife, your soul. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Listen, my friend, this is something that you and I, we can't neglect to come to church and say, okay, God, I did my, uh, my two hours of celestial service. Now bless me. No. No. That, that's, that's not how it works. Don't let the perversion of the world of TV and the media and movies uh, pervert the calling of God upon your life. Don't let that happen. No, my friend, because you know what happens? This, this is what happens. When, when people come to church and say, okay, I did it, now give me. Then all of a sudden, a bitter heart turns. A bitter heart turns and says, man, see, I was doing it. They should, be, they, they should honor me or they should tell me. They should give me. No, no, that's what you're supposed to be doing. My friend, you and I as, as Christians, don't let the world tell us Christians what we're supposed to be doing. We're actually supposed to be telling them what God wants them to do. I, I, don't, I don't know what it is, but I just, I, I was listening and, and studying the other day, and man, it really, it's true. I, I don't know how this is happening, but it's really happening, not in, in this church in particular. Actually, it's happening in churches all across America. It's a real big, you know, trip, you know, this whole seeker-friendly church thing that's kind of happening. I could say that here because we're not, so I'll say it. You know, if this was a seeker-friendly church, I'd be like, oh, Jesus, they're going to stone me after. But we're not. We don't care. We're not seeker-friendly. We're soul-friendly. That's what we are. We're, like, we're looking for souls. But it's a trip how, you know, churches today that people come into the church and they're like, okay, you've got 10 minutes to impress me. I know I'm brand new here. But if they don't have this much amount of time in the worship, then, you know, I, I don't think this is right. You know what, this, the lighting in here, it, it's just not that great. I, I don't know if I'm going to come back here. It's just too cold in here. They need to turn the heater on up in here. Up in here, up in here. Therefore, if it is not this one, if they don't have me out by 830, then therefore I'm never coming back to this church. And so what happens is, this is, what's, this is like an epidemic that's happening all across America. They're going, oh, my gosh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, oh, man, we got to, okay, we got to hurry up. We got to hurry up. Okay, hurry, hurry. Okay, wait, don't, don't dress like that. Do this. Okay, don't do that. Okay, we need to be like this. Okay, everybody now do this. But everybody put your hair like this so we can have everybody come in. Okay, everybody. I'm like, what? what? <laughs> like, really? My What? Now, this is where I was, I was studying. You read the book of Acts. Read it on your own. Don't take my word. Read the book of Acts. It makes it very plain how it came when it came to church. 
See, it wasn't the, the people coming in the church and saying, okay, I want to change the church. No, it was the church telling the people, you need to change. You're the one that needs to change. It's not the church. You need to change. See, what happened, they would come in and they would go, oh, my gosh, I need to change. And they would tremble at the fact that there was an almighty God that maybe I'm at, I got to change. I need holiness in my life. I got to change in my life. Not, you know what, uh, they need to change the banner. They need to change. I'm like, wait, wait, what? Hold on one second. See, don't look at the outside. Don't look at what's going on on the outside because that's actually why you're here in the first place is because you need a change from the inside out. I don't know about you. That's why I'm in church. That's why I'm coming to church. I don't come to church to change church. I come to church because I need a change. That's why I come to church. My friend, that's why you and I should be here in church. Not to see, okay, God, what can I contribute? You, my friend, your righteousness, your greatness, your intelligence, all your knowledge, everything that you have to offer, the Bible says, is as filthy rags to God. There is nothing that you and I could present and say, okay, God, now give me a special place in heaven. Matter of fact, anything like that, the Bible says, will not have its place in heaven. You think murderers and, and, and all these bad sins, and all, all, they automatically will not be in heaven. Did you know that liars will not be in heaven either? People full of pride will not be in heaven either. It's just, it's, read it for yourself. My friend, this is something where you and I, when we come to church, we say, oh, God. God, I came to church tonight because I, I need a change. God, I need a change in my marriage. I need a, a change in my parenting. God, I even forget all that. God, I need a change in me. I need a change in my thoughts. God, I don't want to be the same man. I don't want to be the same woman. God, I want to be less like me, less like the world. And God, I want to be more like you. I want to be more like the almighty God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. God, I want to change. There's a depthness, a deepness inside of you that should hunger for more of God. Not for more of the blessings, not for more on the outside, but for more from the inside. Saying, God, I need you. Do you know that when we used to have all night prayer, guess what? It used to be all night. You know that when we have all night prayer, it's till whenever you feel like leaving, maybe around 11 o'clock. It's a trip, huh? It's that's what, are, we, are you seeing this? Are you noticing this? Or is it just, well, church... As church, ministry as ministry, they're like, ah, I guess so. There has to be something in you that says, no, I don't come to church just to see who's here. I don't come to church to see how people are dressed. I don't come to church. God, I come to church because I want to see you. That's why I'm here. That's why you and I should be here. Listen, my friend. I'm closing right here. This is where I'm ending the message. Why this church, why this ministry, Victory Outreach as a whole was made. And that's why I believe that God is exalting this ministry. Because it's made up of men and women. We ain't all that much. And that's the great thing about it. We know that we ain't all that much. But this is the thing. The moment we think we're all that much. We're just like everybody else. Just like everybody else. Good job. Oh, great. That's good. That's not, no, 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 my friend. I, I, I got filthy rags. I'm nothing. The greatest thing I could come up with 
makes God go, really? That's it? And I'm like, man, I tried hard. God, I gave everything. God said, no, you didn't give everything yet. I'm still waiting for the everything. Oh, man. See, but that's the thing that I know that I want inside of me. God, I want to keep giving till I can't give no more. God, I want to hunger for you. I want to desire for you. It's almost like when you walk into those doors, you don't even need to hear a preacher. Forget the preacher. I'm the preacher, so forget him. Forget him. Just forget him. Well, you just say, God, I just want you. God, I just want you. I was on, on Facebook the other day. I just got on, and I was talking with a guy, and he was talking with me, and I was talking back with him. I said, look, the bottom line is you don't need this Facebook thing. I don't need this Facebook thing. There's a lot of people. I don't know what it is. I just got on the thing like two weeks ago. I've never seen so, I mean, these people are like, forget crack, like Facebook addicts, man. I'm dead serious. There's probably some of you right now, you're like, amen. He just said about Facebook. I got to Facebook that. That's good. I'm Facebooking that. Like, my God. I mean, it's tripping me out. It really is tripping me out. Now, maybe this isn't for everybody, but, I mean, I, I got to acknowledge it. It's the number one site past three years. Even, it's even got more. It, it, it did 8.7% of the search of all the world uh, last year. 8.7%. That's a lot. A lot. You know how many, you know, 6 billion people on this earth? That's a lot. And uh, the second one was Google. And Google's a search engine. Facebook had more than a search engine. That's how much hits Facebook had. So I know that it's an addiction for a lot of people. But, man, I was telling them, like, dude, look, you, you got to be careful with this stuff, man. I mean, it's cool. It's great. But remember, I said this earlier. Anything man touches, we could pervert. We could pervert anything. So you got to be real careful, man. Just look. When you come in here, that you say, you know what, God, I, I, I want to leave it all out there. I, I pray that's why you come here. I mean, because I don't know about you, because when I come here, I feel like I'm in heaven. Because I know that when I go out there, I'm going to be back in hell sometimes. So when I come here, I just say, okay, God, whatever it is that I need to change, whatever it is that goes on in my mind, how even great how I think I am, God, I know it needs to be changed. I don't want to be the same man. I don't want to be the same person. I don't want to be the same leader. I don't want to be the same minister. God, I want to have a hunger and a thirst for you, God. God, I don't want nothing to choke out this fruitfulness that you've called within my life. God, I want a deep desire for more of you and less of the world. God, I don't want to keep up with them. God, I don't want to keep up with her. God, I just want to keep up with your presence. I want to keep up with your power. I want to keep up with your anointing. Not with me, but with you. Stand with me here this evening. Praise the Lord. Every head bowed and every eye closed. This is something that you and I, I pray, that we would take with us, within us. Don't neglect the greatest thing that's going to give you the most fruit. That's your soul. It's going to give you the most. It's going to give you the most, my friend. If people try to come and try to mess with that, say, no, 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 no. They ain't going to mess with you. They're not going to mess with my joy. If I rejoice, if I'm joyful, I'm, I'm joyful in God. Nobody could take this away. 
There's a difference between pride and boasting. If I boast, I boast on the Lord. If you see me happy, it's because I'm happy in the Lord. You see me thankful because, man, whew, probably the, the happiest couple here is Toby and Beverly because, oh, my gosh, if you would have seen them years ago. And if he's up here loving and, and thanking God for his wife and just grateful because, man, you should have seen him. Some of you, you know that your marriage shouldn't have made it, but, whew, thank God, thank God. Some of you now, you got to get that pep in your step back. You got to get that joy, that joy that was back that when you were so happy when you first got saved. But somehow the cares of this world and even the wealth of this world that you thought was going to fill it, it didn't fill it. And God's saying, there's a reason why it's never going to fill it because I'm supposed to be there. I'm supposed to be in the middle of that thing. I'm supposed to be in the middle of that marriage. I'm supposed to be in the middle of your job. I'm supposed to be in the middle of your finances. I'm supposed to be in the middle of your parenting. That's me right there. That's me right there. Don't put anybody else in that position. That's my position. Don't put your husband there. Don't put your wife there. Don't put your kids there. Definitely don't put your finances there. Don't put your money there. That's where I belong. And that's what God is saying, listen, I want you to learn what it is to be boastful again. I want you to learn what it is to be joyful again. I want you to learn it is with them to have that hunger and that desire for me once again and once you find that hunger you will be filled and once you're filled you're going to have a joy and once you got a joy there's going to be an action and once you got that action everyone is going to be a bear witness to what God has done and what he's doing in your life as he begins to prepare this song here this evening if that's you I want you to just slip out of your seat right now and come to the altar and say God I want there to be a hunger I want there to be a desire a joy like there was never before within my life within my heart within my mind within my body within my soul oh God God, I want it to be personal, God. Just me and you, God. Lord, there's nothing like a hunger that I've got for you. A hunger for your word. A hunger for your works. A hunger for your ministry. A hunger for your voice. A hunger and a desire for more of you and less of me. More of you and none of me. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, let's sing it here tonight. Lord, oh, hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, come on, victory outreach Hayward. But there's something deep inside the heart. There's something deep inside who you are. That longs and desires. Don't worry about what you see your neighbor. Don't worry about what you see your family. God's got a calling just for you. It's just for you. No matter the past. Whatever was in the past is in the past. Whatever's in behind is behind. Because God's got a great future of fruitfulness. God's got a great future of power. God's got a great future within your life. Oh, hallelujah. Yes! 